Hi, I'm Whitney Feinuff. And hi, I'm Sarah Robinson. And, and this is- welcome to the Creative Lab Podcast. <laughs> welcome to the Creative Lab Podcast. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to the Creative Lab Podcast. Today, we are going to be reading your submissions to Cami Orange, the boundary coach we had on last week. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode... I love you. What are you doing? Stop what you're doing and go listen to that first to get some tips on what a boundary is and isn't. And then here's what you're going to do. You're going to kindly see your cute little face right on back here for some fabulous suggestions that Cami has for specific creative industry scenarios that you sent in. And trust me, there are some doozies. Let's hop right into it. to another episode of the creative lab podcast our little labbies if that's what our little groupies are called we haven't come up with a little with a name yet but it's not going to be labbies because that sounds like a disease so that would be it um, we're figuring it out we're figuring it out i will be taking submissions we will be creative creative oh. that that's definitely better um, that is cammy cammy orange she is back <laughs> and we will be asking her in this episode we asked our creatives not labbies to send in specific scenarios that they needed help with setting boundaries and on this episode we will be asking her uh or reading those scenarios to her and asking her for her advice. So I will start right here and the first one and me and Whitney will just switch off. Okay. So the first scenario. So this is from a person who works as a freelance model and this is them asking. They say sometimes a client won't agree to my rate or pay my full rate after the shoot has finished. I feel like they specifically do this with freelance models and they believe that they have the right to determine what our work is worth. I don't like that I have to sugarcoat my response. Well, don't. How can I firmly communicate that my rate is non-negotiable? It needs to be completed in full. I'm sure I could say exactly that, but it always felt more complicated to navigate than that. Thanks for reading. XO. XO. Don't be shy. Drop the name. Who is it? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. Let's hear uh, what the professional Cammie has to say. (laughs) That is a great question, Sarah. Thank you. As a boundary coach who has been in business for 17 years and been a business owner all my life, I really understand this. And when I was a little kid, I read the Babysitter Club book and my first thought was, oh, I can do that better. And so I came up with the Fletcher Sisters Sitter Service. And part of what I did was predetermine my rates and then I put them on little magnets and then handed them out in our neighborhood. So people knew that it was $3.00 per hour, per child, and then it's an additional dollar if your child is under a year old or it's after 9 p.m. And 
that way people could just calculate in advance, Hey, this is how much to pay the babysitter. And we made good money and they would call and they would get me or any of my, you know, four sisters. And we were on top of it. And so to this freelance model, I would say, this is one of those, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure type situations where when you tell them in advance, Hey, before we book this shoot, these are my rates. Is that something we're agreeing to? And it's helpful to get that in writing. It doesn't have to be a big fancy contract. It can just be like, Hey, these are my rates and I need you to agree to them. And the important piece here is you don't show up and model unless they have agreed to your rates. Like it can't be ambiguous. Hmm. Be willing to basically be a little annoying. (laughs) It's not fun, but this idea of they're the one that burned the bridge. We're like, Oh, I have to, you know, they don't want to pay me my rate, but I don't want to be rude. I don't want to burn the bridge by being too annoying and pushy about this. I'll just take less money. No, they burned the bridge. They Mm -hmm. set the fire (laughs) by Mm -hmm. by not paying you. Like they started it. You saying, Hey, I need you to pay this. This is how this works is really important. You deserve that. And what's challenging as a freelancer is you often feel like you're powerless. And so I don't know where this person is located. I know in the United States, we have something called small claims court. I'm not saying you have to take them to small claims court. I am saying take 10 minutes one afternoon and Google your local small claims court. What is the process? How does that work? What would you have to do if this person owes you $2,500 and they haven't paid you? What would you have to do to take them to small claims court? Know what your options are because so often people don't know what their, you know, most extreme option is for setting a boundary. And so they choose to be silent because they're like, I don't, I don't know what to do. There's nothing I can do. There is something you can do. It's called small claims court. And yeah, it's a hassle. And I'm not saying you need to do that. You can choose not to, but that way it's your choice. And so you say up front, Hey, these are my rates. It's $500 an hour. It's $2,500 an hour. It's $10,000 an hour, whatever your rates are. And they agree to that in writing. And then if they don't pay it, you say, Hey, I need you to pay this by this date. Otherwise I'm willing to take you to small claims court. Like that's not the first thing you say. You say it like, Hey, just remind me your invoice was due by this date. And if they don't pay it, you follow up and say, Hey, this invoice was due by this date. But the, piece to keep in mind is you're not being the rude, annoying one here. Even if they're like, gosh, can you just let it go? No, you deserve to be paid for your work. What you do is valuable. Hmm. They're being the weirdo by not paying you. (laughs) Yes. I, I have some experience with this where I had a client who I have it outlined in my contract. Like you pay an invoice or like a deposit. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have a final invoice after I send the photos and that is due within 48 hours. If it's not due within 48 hours, you have to start paying like 30% accrues every additional 48 hours that it's late. And I had a client who was late two weeks and at that point they had accrued a lot of money and I sent them an email and I I had worked with them for quite a while. And so I just sent them like a courtesy email. I was like, Hey, I noticed this still isn't paid. If you pay it by like the end of the day, I'll waive half of that late fee. 
Um, cause I know like it, this was also around Christmas time and things like that. And they essentially started fighting me on the whole thing. They decided they didn't like their photo shoot and all of that. And it, all it took was the mention, just the mere mention of small claims court and they paid it all just like that. So even just knowing the like most extreme boundary, so you so you can like vocalize that you know about it yep. might even be all it takes. Yeah. You are communicating, Hey, I am willing to go to this level because I deserve to get paid. What I do is valuable. And you're like, Oh, I want to be really nice. I got to sugarcoat this. I don't want to, you know, get a bad reputation in the industry. Okay. You have a bad reputation for getting paid. Mm-hmm. You have a bad reputation yeah. for demanding the money that you are owed that they agreed to legally pay you for work completed. I'm okay with that reputation. Like they should be worried that you are going to spread their name around as a horrible person to work for because Mm -hmm. they don't pay their models. Mm -hmm. Like they should be worried about their reputation. I love that. Yeah. Cause being clear is doesn't mean you're being mean. Just like we talked in the last episode. Yeah. Love that. Okay, let's go on to the next um, scenario. So this person works as a photographer and they ask, one time a client told me that they found another photographer that did the same thing as me for cheaper and they asked me to lower my prices to match theirs after I had already given them a quote and, and completed the work. The problem is I didn't have a contract and I have a hard time saying no, so I ended up giving them a partial discount. Um, do you have any advice on how to establish an estimate and have protection within your contracts to avoid situations like this? Absolutely. So with um, doing work for people where you're creating a client agreement and they you know, need to pay you afterwards, I highly, highly recommend having a contract, having <laughs> a client agreement. Um, the one that I like is the, the lawyer, her name is Lisa Fraley, and she creates legal templates based on the chakras, which is like 100% my jam. Mm-hmm. And she has a client agreement template specifically for photographers for working with clients. And it outlines all of the things that you would need. So big picture, when you're an entrepreneur, when you are a professional creative, you are always in business school. Like some people go off and they go to college and they get an MBA or whatever, and they pay thousands of dollars in tuition. We didn't, I didn't do that. You probably didn't do that. So <laughs> we're still paying tuition. So that's how I think of it is like, huh, the discount you gave that person, like they should have paid you that extra $1,500 and they didn't. You just paid $1,500 in business school tuition. You just learned something. <laughs> You just took a class on contracts and how important they are. Congratulations. You passed with an A. (laughs) Now you know how important they are and you won't make that mistake again. And so it's okay to forgive yourself for making mistakes like that. It's okay to be like, huh, yeah, I'm not doing that again. We're going to change my systems. We're going to set up client agreements. We're going to make things different moving forward. So I do not put myself in that scenario again. If you know you have a hard time saying no, then you need to create a boundary phrase that you practice. You can even pre-program it into your phone. If you're texting with clients and you type in two or three letters and it auto-fills the whole thing. I have several phrases like that that I use all the time for things. 
And one of mine is the difference between a client session and a like friend phone call. But in this one, it's a, I'm not negotiating my rate after the work is done, or I don't negotiate my rate after the work is completed. Mm-hmm. Like that's okay to say that. That's not mean. That's not harsh. That's not, what is your problem? You horrible person. How <laughs> dare you ask for less? Like you're not berating them. You're just saying, I don't negotiate my rates after work is completed. Hmm. That's perfect. That phrase is perfect. Clear, yeah. simple, kind. Yep. Love yes. it. <laughs> and get a deposit. Get a non-refundable upfront deposit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. With a contract. <laughs> yes. 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 Congratulations yes. on your business school tuition. I've paid yes. so much money in that over the years. <laughs> Oh yeah. And that's such a good outlook to have because it's so easy to get down on yourself when you make mistakes, but everyone makes them and it's just life tuition. Yes. I love that so much. (laughs) All right. The next one, this person also works as a photographer. My heart goes out to you. (laughs) Um, They ask, I once had a client who asked me to take the photo horizontally and vertically. And I replied that this had an extra cost since we had previously agreed on one vertical image for this shot. That's good. He replied, but you only have to turn the camera. It's not science. Okay. I explained to him that it was not that simple and that there would be double retouching for the image, etc. In the end, I did it without getting extra pay. I just wanted the project to end quickly and to not work with him again. Who is a client who did not value or understand the work it carried out. He contacted me again to work with him again, but I told him no, that it was not the right fit for him. Yeah. In that scenario, you would, when you're giving your estimate or when you're doing your contracts or whatever up front, you need to include a line that says additional images are X number of dollars. And then you have it memorized. So in that moment, if he's like, oh, hey, can you do horizontal as well as vertical? You can say, yeah, I absolutely can. That would be an additional, I'm making up a number. I have no idea. That would be an additional $50 in retouching fee. Is that okay? Or probably not. Is that okay? I would say, do you want to proceed? Mm-hmm. And that would be an additional $50 in retouching fees. Do you want to proceed? And mm-hmm. um, the reason I corrected myself on, is that okay? is because they're going to be like, that's not Okay. It's like when they're like, do you, do you want to pay this amount when you're checking out the store? No, I don't, but I will. Like, is this amount okay? No, no, I do not want to spend this much at Target. Like, but I am. And Target doesn't ask, is it okay? You got to think of yourself as Target or Walmart. Right? Like, do you want to proceed? Yes or no? Like, I have the choice to walk away from all of those bags of things. And so, yeah, it's an additional, it's like, oh, could you, could you do it horizontal? And it's like, oh, that's an additional $50 in retouching do you want to proceed? And then it was like, how come it's so much more? You know, it's not science. You just turn the camera and say, my retouch rates are Mm non-negotiable. And they're like, well, why are they non-negotiable? Sounds like you don't want that other angle. That's okay. Let's get back into what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I love that answer because it's still providing like great customer service. Like, yes, I would be happy to do that for you. You know, this is how much it'll cost. Do you want to proceed? Like that's still providing great customer service and And protecting yourself. 
in that specific instance, I would frame it not as, oh, it's horizontal versus vertical. It's just additional images. We yes. agree to one image. Additional images are dollars, $200, $500, $1,000, like whatever it is, you know, do you want to proceed? And they're like, oh, how come it's so much? You're just, you know, turning the camera. Like my, I pay for retouching and this is my retouch rates are non-negotiable. Yep. That's an additional yeah. image. Yeah. <laughs> because at the end of the day, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Let's see. Okay. Yes. Okay. So the next question. Um, so this person's also a photographer and they ask, I once had a client who wanted me to share the raw files, uh, meaning the unedited files with them mm -hmm. so they could edit the photos themselves to save on costs. I explained that I did not work that way and that part of the cost of the shoot was edited photos. I didn't want my raw work out there that was incomplete because it didn't accurately reflect my work um, if someone else was editing it. So I feel like I set a fairly clear boundary, but they kept pushing. Eventually, they stopped asking and ceased contact. We had already worked within a budget that was as low as we could get it, and really, I just don't think we were good fits for each other. In this instance, the best thing was probably just to refer them to someone else who would fit them better, but I'd love to get thoughts on how to be firm with pushy clients without ruining the relationship after the project has already started. I love this question. So to this person and to anybody else listening to this, I have this for my own business. I invite you to make a list of the clients and the types of clients that you do work with and the types of clients that you don't work with. Mm -hmm. And I started doing this the first time I had a client who I was, you know, we did a coaching session and then I was like, oh, <laughs> I am not for this person. I am not doing this again. And... I have had opportunities to be really firm on that. I had someone reach out where he was a referral from another client and he's like, Hey, you know, I want to work with you, blah, blah. And we chatted for a few minutes on the phone, which is what I always do before accepting clients for my large client packages at the time. And I could just tell immediately he's not a good fit. Um, he's incredibly pushy and I don't work with pushy people. Like there's other coaches who love working with pushy clients, like that push, push back. They love it. I personally don't. I find it incredibly tedious. And so I don't work with pushy people and that's on my no list. Like, so you have a, a list of what you will and won't accept for clients. Cause again, a boundary is a communicated expression of what's okay and what's not okay. So you're making a master list for yourself of, boundaries for clients of what's okay, what's not okay. What are the types of clients that you're okay with and the types of clients you're not okay with? And you're like, oh, I'll, I'll accept everyone. Really? You're going to do an underwater nude bridal, like photo shoot <laughs> that you will accept everyone. Like, and maybe you're like, oh my gosh, I would, I would love that. Or maybe you're like, um, no, actually I don't like, you don't really work with everyone. Be willing to say no. Like, like oh, you know, you take beautiful wedding photos will you come do my like newborn in the hospital while I'm giving birth photos? If you don't want to do that, say no. So you make your master list. And this one guy that had reached out, he wanted to work with me. I was like, you know, I don't think that we're a good fit and I'm not interested in proceeding. And he's like, well, I'll pay you double. And I was like, thank you for your interest. I really appreciate that. But I don't think you're a good fit for what I'm looking for as a client. So I'm not interested. And he's like, triple. I was like, which <laughs> 
my my brain is like you're literally proving my point right now that you are so pushy this is why I don't want to work with you like and (laughs) I didn't say that out loud to him but because it was a referral from a really good client and I didn't want to be rude but he went up to quadruple he was like I will pay you quadruple your rates which were in the like there's commas involved right thousands and thousands of dollars and some little part of me's like just say yes we can really use that money like that's a lot of money and I was like no like my ethics are worth more than any amount of money I refuse to work with a client it would be a nightmare like the fact that he's pushed so pushy Mm-hmm. tells me this would be a horrible experience for him and for me I would be dreading our client calls I'd be dreading this experience like mm-hmm. that's not who I want to be as a coach that's not how I want to show up and he's not going to get a good value for his money because of that so mm-hmm. for this person big picture make a list of what clients you do and don't work with what your rules are you will and won't do some some photographers are fine to send out raw files and so mm-hmm. what I would say the script I would use is you know, there are other photographers who offer raw file packages. That sounds like it would be a better fit for you. Mm-hmm. That's and that's the thing. I've had photo shoots that I've paid so much money for photos. And I've had photo shoots that I've paid very minimal amount of money for photos. I've had photo shoots where I paid hundreds and hundreds of dollars for one photo image. And I've had photo shoots where I paid like 150 bucks and she sent me 80 raw files, like 80 raw images. Like there's so much variety And so there are other photographers that offer that. That's totally okay if that's what they want. You don't have to get mad and shame them for wanting this thing. That's just not something you offer. Mm -hmm. Think of it like being a restaurant. Like you serve Chinese food and they come in and they're like, but pancakes? And you're like, oh, we don't offer pancakes. And they're like, you're like the worst that you don't offer pancakes. You're like, this is literally a Chinese restaurant. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like... (laughs) I hops down the street. Right? Like go there are other out. options. If you want pancakes, I invite you to go find them. We only serve Chinese food here. Like mm-hmm. be that clear with what you will and won't do. Like be that clear about the photography you will and won't do. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. The the last one here. Quite a doozy. This, <laughs> this one, I... This is why I left corporate environment. Uh, so this person worked in a corporate environment. So past tense. I hope that's true. Worked in a corporate environment as, in a creative role slash as a photographer. A boss angrily flipped the table on me for refusing to take free photos. That's it. I, I would say that is not okay that you just did that. And... I am going to give you a moment to compose yourself and I would walk out of the room. So obviously the math when you're in a corporate environment is how far can you push it? How much clout, you know, do you have um, before you get fired? Like how important are you versus how much are they going to fire you? And so it's very understandable if someone's like, Hey, I desperately need this health insurance to keep my ailing mother alive. And so I'm not going to talk back to my horrible boss right now. I'm just going to go back to my desk and find a new job. Like that's okay. That it's like, there's no shame, handle it. However people need to handle it. If you have the option of saying, Hey, that's really not okay. I'm really concerned that you reacted so strongly. Are you all right? Like you can, (laughs) that's how 
I would want to handle that. I would be genuinely concerned. Like if that happened to me at this point in my career and somebody reacted that strongly, that is a disproportionate response to stimuli, which can often indicate it's a trauma response or a mental health issue. And I would be genuinely concerned for their mental health. So I'm not taking that personally, like, oh my gosh, I did something wrong that I wouldn't take free photos or whatever. I would be so concerned for my boss's mental health. I would probably speak to their boss or HR or something and be like, hey, someone needs to check on him. Like we might need to send a wellness check. Like something is obviously unhinged. Like this is, he's not okay. They're not okay. Like this is a problem because that is an incredibly disproportionate response, right? Like to say no and somebody reacts that strongly to someone who has less power than them, those are all the red flags. And an aspect of my work that I don't like charge money for or whatever is I have a lot of friends who um, refer friends of friends who are dealing with domestic violence and abuse. And sometimes they just need like a third party person to be like, this is an abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. You are being abused. And so not going to get into details. I don't want to trigger anybody, but to say like somebody who's having that strong of a disproportionate response, that is abusive behavior. That is not okay. Like there is something wrong with them and you do not deserve to be in that environment. You did nothing wrong. There is nothing you can do in a workplace setting that equals Mm -hmm. that response. Like saying no, oh, I won't take free photos. Like that's incredibly normal and mild. And they really overreacted. Like I'm genuinely concerned for their mental health. Yeah. I, yeah. I love that because it's not about you at all. It's about their unresolved trauma and inability to like um, cope with their emotions. Yeah. Yeah. That is super messed up. Like that's, so yeah, what I would say is like, hey, that's not okay. I'm going to give you a moment to compose yourself and walk out of the room. It would also be okay to just get up and walk out of the room, (laughs) you know, like the, if, to feel safe you felt like you needed to say yes to an unreasonable request that also makes sense and then the next thing you do is you find a new job like whatever you have to do to stay safe when someone is being abusive Mm -hmm. is okay if someone is my last suggestion for that if someone is in a corporate environment and it's really difficult the resource I like is called ask a manager it's a blog by Allison Green I've been reading it for oh my gosh like 10 years And there are the most wild stories and people write in for help and advice. And a lot of them are very mundane. Like, can I call 10 times after I send in my application? No, no, you can't. But some of them are like, my one employee said that they were putting a curse on these other employees. And then the one employee they said they cursed got sick. And so nobody wants to come to work now because they're all afraid of being cursed. What do I do? Like, it's all kinds of stuff. And so- there is a really good, robust community there. So if you are stuck in a work situation that is difficult, I highly recommend reading the blog. It will make you feel not alone and give you options and resources to, you know, apply for new jobs and get out of there. Um, Allison has some really good content. That is such a great resource. That's amazing. Yeah, we will share the link to that in our show notes. That's awesome. Um, can I ask you one more question? We didn't send this one in advance, okay. <laughs> um, but it just came to my mind. So we've covered a lot of like client um, to business relationships. 
Um, what about, say you're a photographer and you notice that one of your friends or like fellow photographers is starting to like copy you, whether it's like business methods or like your images. Um, so like that type of situation or like if you have a friend who's just like always asking you for business advice, but like it doesn't feel reciprocal. Yeah, that is a great question. So with the way the world is going with AI art and the internet and all of those things in the past, creatives did not have to know about intellectual property laws and like the boundaries around that. Like that wasn't a high priority because it would be very rare for you to end up in a situation where you needed to like deal with that. Um, My prediction is, you know, over the next five years, three to five years, the general level of knowledge and awareness and resources for creatives who need to know that information is going to dramatically skyrocket because it's becoming a prevalent issue. And so similar to the question where, you know, look up what it, how small claims court works, like know what your extreme options are. Same thing with, you know, intellectual property or um, what, what makes your work unique? Like what is your trademark and what are your legal protections that are available to you? What is yours and what is not yours? It's not to say you have to confront that person, but before you have that conversation, you can say, okay, this is where the boundaries are. This is, this is how much protection I do or don't have. These are my options. And if you start there, then you walk into that conversation with a lot of confidence. And if someone is copying everything that you're doing, um, people always say, you know, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. I also think it's incredibly insecure. (laughs) I'm like, oh, that's so sad that they don't have their own confidence in their artistic vision that they're just copying yours. Like, (laughs) bummer for them. I just will have to keep doing it better. So be confident in what you're creating. Nobody can do it exactly the way you do it because nobody brings your life experience, your energy, your attitude, your skill set, your tools to that moment. Nobody else has your eye, your vision, all of that. Two photographers could have the exact same camera and the exact same model and the exact same mm-hmm. setting and take incredibly different photos because nobody is you. Mm-hmm. Nobody can do what you can do. Even if they're copying, it will always be a pale shadow of imitation. And so the, so I would know what the laws are, be confident that like nobody really can do what you can do. They're just trying. Um, and I would have a conversation. I would say, Hey, I've noticed that the last four things you've posted on Instagram photo shoots are really similar to the four that I posted in December, like, you know, a month ago, what's going on with that? And they might be like, Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize I was, you know, sleeping on my phone and it was through osmosis into my brain. And I was not trying to copy you on purpose. I'm so sorry. And they'll stop. Or they might be like, I didn't copy you. What are you talking about? And they get all like defensive. And you're like, Oh, okay. I just wanted to bring into your awareness that it kind of looks like you're copying me and just wanted to give you a heads up that we weren't doing that on purpose. That's kind of what it looks like. Um, you know, or they're like, Oh yeah, I'm copying you. There's nothing you can do about it. Well, actually 
that's how intellectual property works or whatever. Like that's why you know what it is before you get into that conversation. So they either did it by accident or they did it on purpose and they didn't think you noticed. And so if you call them out on it, most likely they'll stop. Um, I would say probably 75% of people that would be enough to get them to stop. And that other 25%, they're an audacious person. Good for them. You now have the law on your side or you have awareness of what, you know, they are copying you and you are going to block them on social media so they don't have access to your stuff or whatever it is. I like that. It's okay to protect your work to the best of your ability (laughs) and to seek out resources to educate yourself on how to protect your work legally. Perfect. Um, do you have anything you want to plug? Tell oh, us where we can find you. I, all that jazz. Yeah, I will. I would love that. So I am so glad that you've had me on the Creative Lab podcast. I really adore professional creatives. It is such a necessary, needed role in our society. Sometimes there's like weirdness. People are like, oh, you're a photographer. Oh, you're a graphic designer. Yes. Yes. Like you make the world better <laughs> by seeing it through a different perspective and then helping other people to see it that way. That's amazing. That is amazing. And when everything shut down for the pandemic, where did everyone turn? To the artists, to the creatives. Everyone was like, okay, we're not okay. We need art. We need creativity. We need support. This is a fundamental aspect of humanity, and it is a very important role in society. So I am honored and delighted to be on the podcast. And so if people listening to this want to come follow me on TikTok, I'd love to have you. And I'm starting my own YouTube channel here in a couple of weeks. um, So you'll be able to find me there as well. Or you can check out my upcoming speaking and content at camiorange.com. And I just love to connect with people. If something about this really resonated, feel free to send me an email. Um, That's all available on my website. And I would love to hear from you. Hey, that's amazing. We will link all of that in the show notes as well. So. Yeah, thank you so much, Cami. This was such a great, yes. helpful conversation. I think so many creatives are gonna like get so much from this. And yeah, so thank you so My much. My pleasure. All right. Well, that wraps up our interview for this week. We hope you enjoyed the pod. And if you didn't, thanks for listening anyway. <laughs> you might be thinking to yourself, nay, even being so regretful right now that you didn't get to send in your questions for Cami for this episode but never fear okay you can avoid future regret we have because we have plenty of episodes just like this coming up so make sure you are following us on Instagram at the creative lab podcast and be on the lookout there for more ways to submit to the podcast if you are still feeling lost in terms of boundaries or needing some help in that area Cami has some really helpful boundary-free flashcards on her site for only $10. Those are also linked in the notes, or you can follow her on TikTok at Cami Orange. Or, here's what I would suggest, you could do both of those. And until next week, stay creative. Bye!